Hello and welcome to the Guildhall School Events Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome postgraduate pianists Ashley Fripp and James Crayling, who will be working with Guildhall alumnus and celebrated composer Thomas Arders during his forthcoming visit to the school. Welcome James and Ashley. Thank you. So you're both taking part in a masterclass uh, with Thomas Arders on the 4th of November and then performing an early evening programme of his piano works in the Milton Court Concert Hall on the 5th of November. Can you tell us about the works you'll be performing? Um, yes, I'll be performing two works, uh, Darkness Visible and mm-hmm. uh, another work called Trace Overhead. Darkness Visible is based on a John Doland song, a lute song, and the text of which is printed in the front of the score to the, the piano piece that had his wrote based on it and it's an incredibly dark text it basically describes someone wanting essentially to be buried alive um, and it's a, 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 a yeah a particularly sort of haunting sort mm-hmm. of song as well the original lute song and what Adders does in this piece is to well in his own words in in the score is to explode uh, the original song into a new piece um, but without adding any notes. So all of the notes in it are taken in some way derived from the original lute song. And he does so with tremendous effects. I mean, when I first heard this piece, it was really astonishing as the way the piano didn't sound like the piano. Um, there's a, a contrast between the big bell-like sound and then really, really fast, very, very soft, repeated notes on, on tremolos on one note. Um, which still goes throughout the it's like a thread which runs throughout the whole piece and the the effect of all of that is is is, is a really really unique sound that it creates. Um, the second piece, Traced Overhead, is a, a more substantial work. It's about 12, 13 minutes long, I think. Um, whereas Darkness Visible was only seven minutes long. Um, and Traced Overhead's in three movements. Um, the content of it is very elusive, really. I mean, even adds his own description of the music at the beginning is is somewhat enigmatic. Um, but it's very much music which lives in the air. It's not on the ground. It, it very much um, it's it's exploring the, I think the way that sounds mingle together and, and sort of interact with one another. Particularly using the sustaining pedal of the piano. Uh, first movement is very very short. It's a very sort of weightless, um, very again very airy sort of movement. Second movement very fleeting, uh, fast, lots of upward gestures. Um, the last movement sort of like a chorus of bells, I think, um, exploring the, the idea, I think, of distance. So some of the bells are closer, some of the bells are <coughs> are, are further away. And, yeah, they're, they're basically the two works. Okay, brilliant, thank you. Well, thank I'm you going to be you. performing the concert paraphrase on Powder Her Face, which is very closely based on his opera, which he wrote quite a great deal earlier, when he was just in his early 20s. Um, I think intoxicating is the word that sort of comes to mind with this piece. Uh, it's based on the life of, well, in all but name, the life of the Dirty Duchess of Argyle and her rather salacious lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, photographs leaked to the press during her divorce case of all manner of things, <laughs> um, very unbecoming of a duchess. And um, it the, the paraphrase is divided into four scenes from from the opera, the first of which the hotel maid and the electrician are in her suite 
Um, in fact, he is sort of cross-dressing, trying on all of her makeup and fur coats and very much sort of sarcastic, grotesque mockery. And um, just sort of singing how she's so past her prime in this sort of very pseudo-1930s big band fashion. And the Duchess walks in on them, of course, terribly humiliated and um, dismisses them immediately, only to be joined by an, by an unknown male figure at the end, of course. Uh, the second scene is the Duke of Argyle with a mistress and she's basically um, talking about what a scandalous figure the Duchess is and it's sort of pretty dreadful to be associated with her. And uh, the third scene is both the waitress at the hotel fantasizing about what it is to be so um, unbelievably wealthy, this terribly opulent, over-the-top, glitzy lifestyle that the Duchess had followed by the hotel manager coming to evict her, actually, for non-payment of rent. And finally, the work closes, sort of tango-soaked, with the maid and electrician again appearing from underneath the bed, destroying her things and preparing the room for the next day. Um, and Ides very, really geniusly captures all of this. It's portrayed through a series of flashbacks in... The, um, the, the hotel in which she was staying, the Grosvenor House Hotel in London. And, um, but one thing, as well as the sort of well, the unbelievable virtuosity, which is very resemblant of this glamorous lifestyle that she had, Ardez captures this sense of tragedy somehow, that no matter how someone, or rather someone is the instrument of their own downfall, um, there's still a great degree of tragedy in that um, and somehow he manages to cap capture these very far apart paradoxes mm -hmm. um, and you know as James has mentioned the sort of unique quality in in the piano writing of his particular works this is also very much that it it really does carry on in many ways this very generous romantic Listian paraphrase tradition yet um, the actual keyboard writing itself is just so absolutely unbelievable. It's something you really just sort of have to, to see the score or just to really just sit down and listen to it to really believe that it's possible. Um, I, it, the original opera is actually just for a group of singers and a, a very small chamber orchestra, very woodwind heavy, so it's really sort of flotsam um, colours that he manages to evoke. But uh, he doesn't seem to miss out a single thing. I mean, everything's there. He's clearly got the most incredible ear and imagination. It's a real masterpiece. Oh, brilliant. Um, and with the masterclass, um, what are you both um, looking to take from the experience and sort of how have you been preparing for it? Um, <clears throat> I think it's very, it's quite difficult actually to, to answer that in a way. Um, I think when you learn this sort of repertoire and particularly actually what Ashley was saying about when you, when you actually see the score of these pieces, um, trace overhead I'm thinking of in particular here it's so incredibly detailed I mean I, the most detailed score that I've ever seen I think every pedal marking every note has an articulation a dynamic marking and sort of dynamic markings that you didn't even know existed <laughs> and, and Italian uh, performance directions that you've never seen before um, which are at first terribly daunting because you're presented with all this information and you, you think well what do I how am I going to do all this now <laughs> painting the notes is hard enough um, but actually, it's very, very helpful because when you're preparing, you're trying to, I think, anyway, trying to work out, trying to make sense of all these markings and, and what they mean and what adders might possibly be want, trying to guess at and trying to get you to do. 
And so I'll be interested to see if what I've come up with is possibly what he had in mind yeah. um, or, you know, if he has something different in mind, what it isn't and, and, you know, what I can take from that, I think. Yes, I mean, just echoing James's comments, really, I think it's difficult to, to pinpoint any anything in particular that I'm hoping to get out of the class. Um, I'm anticipating that it will, whatever the case, be extremely interesting. Um, he clearly is an absolutely un- extraordinary musician and a formidable pianist. Um, Have either of you um, worked with him before? No, but... No, I haven't worked with him. I've, I've met him and exchanged emails <laughs> about, <laughs> about um, various other things before. He does, despite the sort of superhuman qualities he seems to possess, he does actually come across as a tremendously humble human being yeah. as well. So I, I I don't think it will be too terrifying an ordeal, hopefully. We'll see how I feel. <laughs> day, of but it's funny, actually. Having, I mean, I've never met him or had any correspondence with him at all, but you almost feel like you know something uh, from having you know, studied the music and, and, and heard the, the recordings. You almost feel like you know... Well, obviously you don't, but you almost feel like you know yes. something about him as a result of that. Because yes. um, I was wondering um, if, you th- if you feel an added pressure performing works by a living composer and also one that plays your instrument, or if that adds to what the amount you can learn from the masterclass. Well, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I, I hadn't thought of that sort of fear factor until you mentioned it uh, but <laughs> um, no I I um, well I suppose that yes there is a there could well in the moment be a slightly um, constricting element of, sort of perhaps self-consciousness in a way um, the one thing that's probably slightly different between our works is that that mine has a different type of detail in the score it's you know, it, as I say, it does, in a way, carry on the torch from that very gestural, romantic tradition. And the the opera is obviously a, a really brilliant, um, sort of, uh, some, something to really latch on to. Um, that broad brushstroke, blousy sort of quality that it has. Um, but he's a formidable pianist, and perhaps he can <laughs> give give a few <laughs> cheats or hints that might make it a little bit more. I think actually, in a way, it's, it's <clears throat> I mean, looking at it from another point of view. It can be you feel like you're in very safe hands playing someone who you regard so highly, even even from a distance, and and someone who you know is a formidable pianist, and but therefore understands the difficulty of what you're trying to achieve at the piano. And I think that, in a way, can can be can be a helpful thing. To know that what you're doing is not going, hopefully, is not going to go unnoticed in in that respect. And you know, he he knows, I'm sure, that these are difficult pieces. I mean, <laughs> surely, <laughs> one, one would hope. Yeah. He I seems hope to find so them. Anyway. He does yeah. seem to find them fairly. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I guess that that's another side of it. That's maybe what I'll be trying to think of rather than. Rather yes. than but it's it's interesting having played to a number of different composers, their own works, that the different type of reaction you get sometimes. Yeah. They will say very little and just let you get on with it, and sometimes they have a very specific idea in mind, so it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. what sort of reaction we get. Okay. Um, you'll be using the new Milton Court Concert Hall for the concert mm. and the Masterclass. How do you feel about using the new... Uh, um, what are you looking forward to? Well, I, I mean, I've never even set foot in it yet, actually, so <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to... to, to all, you know, well, I've heard very good things about it from everyone that I've spoken to, so it's it's... 
be very very nice to playing I think it's nice to know you've, you've got something which is going to have a, a nice acoustic that makes a big difference in your preparation because you feel that you're hopefully not going to be hindered by by any you know that aspect of, of the performance and hopefully can get as close to what you hear in your you know in your inner ears as you as you can so that, that's very nice to know well, I, I was fortunate enough to hear a couple of the artist diploma recitals just a few weeks ago and was absolutely bowled over by just how spectacular the acoustic is at at various different places in the seating area just how well the sound carries and just how aesthetically beautiful the hall is. I mean, it's, just, it's like one of the most sort of high-tech halls you'd find in Japan or something. Um, but I, I, I think this element of a supportive acoustic and what seems to be a very beautiful piano they have in there as well does help. I mean, there's nothing worse than... It's a, probably likely to feel like a daunting experience anyway, so biscuit, tin, dry acoustic wouldn't help. Um, but no, I think it's... Um, it's a wonderful chance. It's obviously a very exciting project for the both of us to be playing Ades yeah. for Ades in such a fantastic new hall. I just think it will be a great pleasure. Brilliant. Um, and what other projects are you working on at the moment? Do you have any other big concerts coming up? Um, I've just come off the back of, <laughs> of my first ever performance of Brahms' second piano concerto, mm. so it's um, it's been quite a, a, a month of the big repertoire at the moment. So, but apart from that, um, not really. No. <laughs> Um, well, I've slightly, um, well, I've got the ECHO, European Concert Halls Organisation's Rising Stars Tour, which starts next year, which I'll be playing a series of sort of duo and solo programmes with fellow Guildhall cellist Michael Petrov. Uh, we played together in New York last year, and the tour involves um, sort of a, a dream um, series of concerts throughout Europe. I mean, we're playing in sort of Vienna and Budapest and Brussels and Barcelona. It's about, I think, 18 concerts in 12 countries or something. So <laughs> this is a, the, the nicest <laughs> halls of Europe. So uh, this is something really to look forward to uh, starting in 2014 um, season. But I've just come back from France. I'm off to play a couple of concerts in Germany in a couple of weeks. Um, so busy. <laughs> well, hopefully get a bit of a break over Christmas. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much. It's been very interesting to hear thank more about the concerts. And if listeners would like to attend, Masterclass takes place on the 4th of November at 10 o'clock in the Milton Court Concert Hall. And the performance takes place on Tuesday the 5th of November at 6pm, also in the Milton Court Concert Hall. So thank you very much once again. Thank you. Thank you.